Welcome to Head Trauma, the podcast where we talk about movies inspired by true crime. Uh, Today with us, we have one of our listeners, Mark, as our special guest. And then uh, we also have Kathy Roth, Brianna O'Donnell, and Michael Roth, and me, Christy Bonner. Um, And today we're going to be talking about Crybaby. Um, But before that, Mark, what got you into true crime? So I've always been a fan of true crime. My my favorite uh, TV show is Dexter. I've watched this series twice. Great. Uh, the books are fantastic. Um, even better than the show. And, and the show is my favorite. And the reboot was pretty good. Um, and I'm looking forward to kind of the prequel uh, of Dexter. But um, I do like, uh, it's called the Goggins Challenge, which it's, I would geek out a little bit here, but it's four miles every four hours for 48 hours. And I was tired of listening to music and I'm like, well, I got to find something else to listen to. And I stumbled across a true crime podcast and listened to it on my, one of my, my four mile runs and uh, got hooked. And now I listen to true crime basically all the time. That's I mean, yeah, that's, uh, I feel like that's a similar story to a lot of people. Like you do something that takes a really long amount of time and eventually you're like, I need to listen to a podcast. I can't listen to music anymore for this. Exactly. Uh, so for Dexter, uh, that John Lithgow season. That was lit. That was probably one of the best seasons. Oh my gosh. The third, I started the third out season for one. sure is the best. Yeah, the third season yeah. for sure is the best. It's so good. Well, season three is the John Lithgow. Yeah. The third oh. season. Oh, I thought you said season one is the best. I was like, no. I may I may have. I apologize if I said that. Because it does it lays the foundation and um you know the ice truck killer is you know iconic in in dexter lore as well so are you into like horror movies or thriller movies or anything like that so you know um guilty pleasure is lifetime movie network is my favorite you know channel so i'll, I'll watch all of the thrills which is the same movie just you know different characters and you know the ending is the same the beginning is the same the middle is a little bit different but uh but yeah, those, those, those prime movies are fun, but like I like the, ID and, you know, discovery channel and all that type of stuff. So. Yeah. You're definitely on the same, um, as Brianna then with the lifetime <laughs> and Kathy yeah. with the ID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Evil lives here and it's <laughs> not my house. Here, okay. <laughs> so, um, Brianna, do you want to give the facts for 1990? Yes. Um, other than me being born, I have other facts. <laughs> well, that's that's the most important one right there. <laughs> that is the most important one. I had it at the bottom, but I moved to the top. Um, <laughs> Moving so, on up. <laughs> Seinfeld also premiered on NBC. Uh, the Simpsons debuted on Fox, and General Hospital aired its 7,000th episode. Um, Entertainment Weekly first hit the newsstands. 
Uh, the San Francisco 49ers were the Super Bowl champs. The Cincinnati Reds won the World Series, and the Edmonton Oilers clinched the Stanley Cup. Uh, in the year 1990, unemployed or I'm sorry, unemployment averaged 5.6%. Inflation was 5.39%, and the retail price for a gallon of gas averaged a dollar 34. Oh God! God I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Let that sink in. Oh, <laughs> uh, sad already. I know. <laughs> and now I'm going to make everyone's grocery shopping experience sad too. Here we go. Potatoes were 89 cents for a five pound bag. Coca Cola cost $1.99 for an eight pack. And eggs were 89 cents a dozen. 89 cents, huh? Yeah. How much? Uh, how much was a gallon of gas when you started driving, Brie? Um, I don't know for sure, but I remember it still being a dollar something. I remember yeah. it being like a dollar sixty nine or something like that. I remember freaking out when it got to like the two fifties yeah. and being like, "What?" And then when it was five dollars, I was like, "We're all going to go into debt." <laughs> like, <laughs> how how much Go, was going, to, of, going to going <laughs> to? We're all in debt. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah. How about you, Mark? Uh, how much was a gallon of gas when you started driving? It was under a dollar. And I went to Glenbard West in Glen Ellen, and Five Corners had a few gas stations on their corners, and they would do um they would do price wars where you could get gas for like 10 cents, 10 cents wow. a gallon. That's wow. awesome. Yeah, it was uh the days. But uh, yeah, it was under typically 89, 90 cents a gallon. How about you, Kathy? Oh, Jesus. I should just say I was riding a dinosaur. It was uh, <laughs> probably 35, 40 cents. Wow, that's crazy. That was in the 70s, yeah. Mike? About a buck, right around there. About a buck. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Bree. Go on. I, no, I okay. wanted to know. <laughs> It's okay. Gary's making his debut today. Um, Jim Henson also died. Oh. Yeah. I always have to put a, a famous death in there. So there's the one. There you go. <laughs> That's all I got. All right. So um, today we're going to be talking about Crybaby. Uh, Crybaby is directed by John Waters. Um, this came out after Hairspray um gave him all his fame um he was fascinated by the unsolved murder of carolyn how do i say her last name at kathy valaluski valaluski um and uh he was eight years old when she passed away but it had a huge impact on his life and growing up in baltimore waddle waters waddles waters dove deep into the drape culture and never forgot little Carolyn in 1990. He released a movie called cry baby featuring Johnny Depp as the leader of a gang called the drapes. Water says that the movie was loosely inspired by her unsolved murder. So um, I'm just going to go through what the movie's about and ask you a bunch of random questions. So the movie starts with uh, polio vaccinations at a high school and so right out of the gate, I was like, Aunt Kathy, did they give you guys polio vaccinations in high school in the 1970s too? Was that like done with? 
Well, you got wasn't wasn't in the movie take place like in the fifties or something? Yeah, or, it took yeah. place in nineteen fifty four. But I was like, is that was that still a thing by the seventies? Well, they made us uh, they made us have uh, polio, but it was on a sugar cube, so we had to eat it. Oh, in grammar school, that was in grammar school. That was in the sixties and seventies. Really? Yeah. What was it? What was it? Um, that shot that you guys had, like you would have. It was like a circle with like three small dots. That was okay. That's I just remember box. that. Yeah, Mark, do you have on... that mark on your arm? No. Okay, so okay. it kind of, I, I think it stopped probably in the, in the mid-70s when they made people get that shot. Decided, yeah, just, I just had like a weird like childhood memory of you and Dad both having the same yeah, like, thing on our arm. Yeah. yeah. That was why I wanted to ask too, Mike, because I wasn't sure if that was the same thing or not. Yeah. Which... We found out, and it wasn't. All right, sure. Oh, it wasn't. I always I thought that there was a Polish my shot. COVID shot on a sugar cube. Like <laughs> that sounds a lot better. <laughs> yeah, anything in a sugar cube. But in the '80s and into the '90s, um, Costa Rica was still doing polio vaccines. Oh, okay. really? Okay. okay. Not on sugar cubes, though. Not on sugar. The actual <laughs> shot. Yeah, the actual Make myself an old fashioned. You know, a <laughs> little bit of orange peel. So but, what was what was with the sugar cubes, Mom? I mean, the LSD, the polio vaccination. <laughs> the seventies just love sugar cubes. I guess, I guess it was just like a, cheaper than the the hypodermic needles and the sur syringes. Shit <laughs> on a sugar cube and throw it in their mouths. You know, there you well, go. That's what happened. Sugar cubes became more expensive than needles. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, you know, John, I guess John Waters technically had it right. Everybody was getting a shot then. And then they were like, screw this. We're going right to the sugar cube. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in that opening scene, there's a reference to the movie, The Cry Baby Killer, not to be confused with the actual Cry Baby serial killer who would play sounds of babies in a room to make someone go there and then murder them. But a movie released in 1958 in which uh, the main person plays a hot-headed teen. Oh, I think it's actually Jack Nicholson plays a mm -hmm. hot-headed teen who is upset when the town's tough guy steals his girl. And after being jumped, Nicholson gets a hold of a gun, kills the tough guy, and then takes another man, a woman, and a baby hostage. So right out of the gate, he's making references to movies released around the same time. Um, as, as the crime or, or just in that era? In that era, in the 1950s. Got it. Got yeah. It. Got it. So uh, in the movie, like the greasers and the drapes are portrayed as, well, the drapes, a.k.a. greasers, are portrayed as like super scary. Is that what your understanding, your guys' understanding of what greasers would have been? Were they like scary people? Mark, were they? Yeah, I would say. Because yeah. it was kind of like burnouts of the 80s and 90s. Oh. So it's kind of similar. I guess, so there's a couple things with that, like, so we have a family friend who hated the movie Grease and she went to high school in like the late 50s, early 60s. And the reason she hated Grease was because she said she remembered those people and they were total assholes. And so I just thought it was really funny, <laughs> like 
at the time because I love the movie Grease. I'm like, oh, these guys, like, they're singing. Really? Great. But <laughs> I guess it's probably more accurate as it is in this movie as opposed to Grease. Yeah, most likely. I would think so. Okay. Well, in the beginning, I'm like, Ricky Lake is my spirit animal. She's, like, knitting in line to get the polio vaccine. Like, yay, Ricky Lake. Um, and then I Googled it, and this is actually Johnny Depp's fifth movie. So his first movie was Nightmare on Elm Street in 1984. Mm -hmm. um, then he was in a couple, like, made-for-TV movies. And then after this, well, in the middle, no, right after this, Right after 21 Jump Street was when this movie got released. So we'll cut my weirdness or we can keep it in. Whatever. So, <laughs> so 21 Jump Street he did from 1987 to 1990. And then 1990 it was uh, Cry Baby. So you quickly learn most of the parents of the drapes are like cheerful and supportive. Um, and then this the main girl, Allison, wants to become a drape because she's tired of being good. Um, Crybaby tries to woo Allison on the road on the way to finishing school talent show. Allison's grandmother announces that a gang of juvenile delinquents on the way to the event attack them, which I found really funny because they really didn't attack them. They only put themselves in danger, but okay. Um, but she describes juvenile delinquents as boys with long hair and tattoos that spit on the sidewalk. Um, now... Mike Roth, I know you have some tattoos. <laughs> I have a bunch. Yeah, you do. And I was a juvenile back in the delinquent as well. You were and delinquent? I, I wasn't. Uh, he spit on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, do you have tattoos? Give water to the worms. <laughs> right, that's exactly I do, but I was not. You guys always get me in a rose colored lens. <laughs> Now, Mark is talking about going on four-mile runs. We all know he spits on the sidewalk. I've been to a 5K. <laughs> <laughs> he just fessed up. He just told us he did. So. It's about as juvenile as it gets. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then the girls wear tight pants. And I find that really funny because jeggings weren't invented yet. And trust me, our, our pants are tighter today. Um <laughs> So then she says, if they see, if you see them, remember beauty, brains, breeding, and bounty. And so I wrote eugenics much because of the breeding thing. I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, so then cut to drapes at the swimming hole where there's a guy offering money to girls who want to model and a couple evangelists. Um, and I was thinking, I wonder if John Waters was trying to make a parallel of like the drapes being the bad people and then having with so many serial killers in the 70, in the sixties and seventies who offered money to girls to be models. I think, like, I think you, with the, with the true crime element to this film and specifically in this part, um, because one of the main suspects was an older male, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe he was making reference to to that, you know, as well. And I think, yeah, that trope of, like, the older man trying to, you know, pay the younger girl uh, mm -hmm. to, to pose and stuff like that, and that using that as, like, a lure almost, like, that, that happened through, I think, oh, man, what was that? Um, 
Yeah, who are Mom, Mom, what, was it, what was it? What was that serial killer's name that was a photographer? He was in uh, Glassman, yes, and mm -hmm. he would like we had the shoe fetish. No, that was Bronos, 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 yeah. So, like, also, Glass, Glassman uh, would be the photographer, okay, yeah. So, maybe referencing those as well, you know, was uh, was the match game guy also one of those who did that? Gene Rayburn, the the uh oh crap, the Hogan's Hero guy okay. got killed for making videotapes. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Um, and then with the church people, I was thinking like, were there any other people other than Gacy when it came to like serial murder people before 1990? That that with the what do you mean with the church like involved with the, the church? Yeah, because he had like two evangelists like there being like let us save you, but in mm -hmm. a very like obnoxious way. I think that was more just um, uh, the the director and and his viewpoints on, on like, religion, of religion and stuff like that. John Waters is anti-establishment to say the least <laughs> yeah that's fair enough um so then um i'm totally knitting myself lenora swimsuit it was like pink knit and i loved it and it's happening um and then you see <laughs> a knit swimsuit is not ideal but <laughs> uh that swimsuit's amazing it had little it shorts <laughs> i was like this is so cute <laughs> so then uh the squares are doing acapella Meanwhile, the drapes go to Crybaby and Ricky Lake's house, and now their grandma, Ramona, is my new spirit animal. I freaking love her. She has a duck hat, and she's got, like, a Barbarella meets ringleader, like, at a circus with lipstick on the teeth vibe going on, and she's amazing. I love everything. No notes. Um and so then Crybaby gets a new bike and exclaims, I met a girl, which I've never heard a, a boy yell when he gets a new motorcycle. Is that common? I, I never had a motorcycle. No, I <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear it all the time in Berwyn. Oddly enough, Christy, when, uh, when your husband, John, got his bike he he said that after he met you so. <laughs> Is, uh, i was so, like listen bro that's my cousin he's like i met a girl I'm like, I'm like uh okay. i met him long after that bike was at tiger <laughs> stylies in the bike graveyard <laughs> well, he started he started the bike graveyard so so my husband uh his first motorcycle out of the army he crashed it and just left it at this dive bar in Berwyn called Tiger Stylies. And then a bunch more bikes just accumulated there. And it, it, I guess there's also a plaque there that says, I met a girl. So it works out. <laughs> Mark, it's right on Ogden Avenue. So oh, yeah. you're going down Ogden, you see this. And then there's another one and another one. And they're just kind of all in the front of the building. Like, are we going to call the city? And no, they decorate them. They, dec they decorate them for Christmas. So it's, yeah. mm -hmm. Do they really decorate husband. them for Christmas? Yeah, they've done it every year since. I've been oh around. my God, that's amazing! Since John started this craze, mm. <laughs> he's Berwyn famous. Oh, that's right. 
So the squares immediately beat up Crybaby and Allison defends him and and he sweeps her away. Then um, Hatchet face faces like, was that like funny in the 90s? Like her faces are a lot. There's a yeah. lot. It was it was just extreme. I, I always I, she kind of freaked me out when I first saw that movie. I was just uh but that's her real face, unfortunately, for her. And uh she's gotta work with what she's got. Oh. She's very expressive. We'll give her that. Okay. It's a lot. <laughs> I thought I had an expressive face, and then I'm I actually I know that I was like almost like mirroring her faces because I was like, and John <laughs> John goes, what's wrong with you? I had my headphones on while I was watching the movie, and I was like, I'm watching Cry Baby. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> um, so then uh, he takes, uh, Cry Baby takes Allison to Turkey Point, a.k.a. the Redneck Riviera, which should be a band name. Um, and the ladies declare that their bazooms are weapons, which is should be a tagline for hot girl summer um and then they do a bad girl beauty makeover and then uh it's just crybaby all this time um and so that made me think like would greasers in the 1950s would that have been like considered like hardcore would elvis be like well elvis this is I mean, extreme elvis was extreme yeah during yeah. like like the uh, the hip movements on the show. I mean, churches would protest them, you know, mm. stuff like that. So that, yeah, I think it by the seventies, would he have been considered extreme? No, no. no. not even by the sixties. Yeah, he's still he was, by then. Yeah, I, so I don't he, think... he had a very like tight. He broke the glass ceiling, and then everyone just became more extreme than him, and he just kind of. So we can. We can take. We Elvis. can blame the downfall of music on Elvis Presley. I was going to say society in general. <laughs> <laughs> his, his hips have yeah, brought us to the place. Where his hips down. weighed us into the worst timeline. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, and we Damn. can blame everything on him. <laughs> Um, so then it's makeout point time. And so I wanted to go around the room and see where makeout point was for each one of you in your said high school area. Mike? Uh, wherever I, wherever I got the urge, I guess. So this, yeah. We just drove around. Yeah, I feel like there wasn't really. There like really wasn't. There really wasn't. Place, uh, it, place. No. Playgrounds. Really, really. We'd hang out at yeah. playgrounds a lot. No, it's because they small children got to watch you. What? <laughs> oh, no, it'd be after dark. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, after dark. What are all these rules, man? I don't. <laughs> okay, Brianna. Brianna. Same. You just drive around. There is no designated area. No Wherever the mood point. strikes us. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark, now you're on the spot. Yeah. Or, yeah, so where I went to high school, it was, the high school was on a hill. So it was always at the top of the hill in the back of the school. That's so traditional. It's beautiful. <laughs> D 
did could you see like the whole city from the top of the hill? Uh, you could see the lake and the the football field. That's where it's at. Yeah, <laughs> very romantic. <laughs> very romantic. <laughs> Kathy, drive-ins. Oh, we yeah. have heard many a story of Kathy uh, driving at the drive-in. Mike's <laughs> favorite stories. <laughs> I, I, I just want to go on record. I hate this segment right now. So, <laughs> thanks, Christy. <laughs> well, speaking of hating the segment, I literally like plus ten the whole part with the open mouth kissing because it was so gag. It was. Oh, so I was. It really was. I Dude, just when he's this. Like, I, I love your mouth and going, and I'm like, no. <laughs> so I remember watching this movie as a kid and then re-watching it this past week, and I was just like, it was a lot cornier as an adult. Like, I just was just like, I, I love this movie. I thought it was like, when I was a kid, I was just like, oh, this is really cool. Like, Johnny Depp's really cool. I like the motorcycle. I didn't get all the tongue-in-cheek um, <laughs> you know, stuff in there. Um, but it was it was funnier, this, this go-around. I took it less seriously, but it was it was fun. So when you were ten, did you find the making out scenes like ooh? No, no. I thought I thought they were kind of uh, that was even awkward back then. I just <laughs> okay, kinda, <you> <laughs> that's know. pretty bad if they can't yeah. even like get a ten year old. Like <laughs> right. I was like, I I do remember I, the the rakes, right? That's what they're called. I yeah. did I did like. You have drapes. like a little crush. The, the was it? How, how do you pronounce drapes. it? Again? The drapes. Yeah, I had I had a little crush on the the two blind girls. As you should. I, yeah. I, they, you know, it was awesome. <laughs> I remember that. That was a that was a, a sticking point, and came back to that VHS tape quite a few times. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, you find out Crybaby's dad was the Alphabet Bomber, and then when he does the A B C D F G. I fell on the floor laughing like it was so amazing. I can't even. That was a really, that was really a good scene. (laughs) To say that line with a straight face. Oh, beautiful. So then I was like, are there any mass bombers that were before the 1990s that he could have like referred to for this? Um, And there were. So there was a famous one in Canada called the Mad Bomber, and he was an outlaw, a biker, gangster, and a contract killer. He killed 43 people from September of 1973 to July of 1985. Um, There was the South County Car Bomber. Um, He terrorized St. Louis County, Missouri with a series of fatal car bombings in 1977. Um, there was Robert Edward Cambliss, also known as the Dynamite Bob, who was a white supremacist uh, terrorist convicted in 1977 of a murderer in his role at a church bombing of African-American families in Alabama. And then finally, there was Mark William Hoffman, an American counterfe- counterfeiter, forger, and convicted murderer um, he's that one who faked all those documents for the Latter-day Saints. Um, and then he tried to uh, murder three people in Salt Lake City, Utah, to, like, cover his tracks for doing all those uh, all those fakes. So, I don't know. 
Interesting. I didn't realize there were that many mass bombers before 1990. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That's pretty interesting. Thanks you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. A little bit of history for you. Mm -hmm. Um so then the squares attack Turkey Point, and now only the drapes are in court. Um when the mom said, Your Honor, can we take Wanda the fuck home? <laughs> Too good. Um then grandma Did you think Ron it was me. Yeah, right. Well, she said, "Have you watched it, you Kathy?" No, I haven't Friday? seen it in years, but I know the whole premise of it. She, uh, sh they bleep it out because you can only get an R rating if you have one F word, and so she's they bleep it out twice, and then they keep it in for her saying that because she goes, "What is she talking about?" The blank out of here, and her husband goes, "Oh, it's something young kids say to sound adult." And she was like, oh, judge, can we get her the fuck out of here? <laughs> and so they finally unbleep it on that one. It's really good timing. Um, so Grandma <laughs> Ramona and the husband get fined $1,000, which is all the money they have in the bank. And Ricky Lake's kids get put in orphanage for not having, quote, unquote, Christian names. Um, then Allison gets away because her grandma is a fine and beautiful woman, woman which is, again, with this eugenic shit, I'm like, oh my god. Um, so then Crybaby has to go to jail until his 21st birthday. Uh, Wanda gets replaced by a foreign exchange student, so she hit, hitchhikes out of town. Um, then we have the teardrop tattoo. The teardrop tattoo I googled because when I was in high school, there was an urban legend that if you had a teardrop tattoo and it wasn't filled in, that meant you tried to murder someone. And if it was filled in, that means you did murder someone. <laughs> did anyone else hear that urban legend? I heard that. Yeah. No, I've heard that one as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I Googled it and it actually means that the wearer has either served time in jail or has a family member that has been killed. It can also represent mourning, lost love, and remembrance. So I know I gave the side eye to some dude who probably just lost his mom, and I'm like, you murdered someone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I crybabied someone and I feel bad about it. <laughs> um so then they escape via helicopter, and that scene I think is so funny because it reminded me of, you know, how when there's construction and there's like bulldozers on the side of the road and they still have the keys in them. That's what I feel like happened with that helicopter. And they people really are just like, let's just steal a helicopter. I'll just leave the keys in here. Yeah. Um, so then, um, Hatchet and, oh, and then they, when they're trying to get Crybaby out, Hatchet goes through the screen of them watching the, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D, and it's the funniest shit I've ever seen. It's so good. Um, and then the escape continues. Everyone gets Allison to help him out, even her grandmother, and then a sexy song helps him get released, and the disappointment, uh, to the disappointment of the squares, he gets $3.50 and a pair of clean underwear. Then the movie ends with a Grease-style drag race, but chicken version. And that's Crybaby. <laughs> Crybaby. I, uh, yeah, like I said, was one of my favorites growing up. Not so much anymore. <laughs> it's definitely rough rewatching it this week. <laughs> 
<laughs> it wasn't as rough as House of a Thousand Corpses. No, no, it wasn't. Very true. <laughs> that was that was a hard watch. Like I actually liked some scenes in this movie. <laughs> Mark, Mark, what was your what was your favorite scene out of Crybaby? You know, so I was always uh, uh, partial to the end where they both they cry out of both both eyes. Oh both yeah, when they both cry. So the the, um, the imagery of uh, of that scene. I'm I'm always a sucker for. I'm always a sucker for the last scene. Brings all together. Mm -hmm. I like it. <laughs> my the 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 most uh, my favorite scene is when she's uh, just because it's so out there is when she's drinking her tears yes. and she's this <laughs> is like no i for, i had totally forgotten about that until i watched it again and i'm I was like, like okay like, i have a whole glass of tears okay <laughs> i'm like googling like bombers before the 1990s and she's crying into this jar and i'm like what is happening did and you then she drank grab a jar it to cry like, oh. <laughs> did it make you want to grab your own jar to cry into <laughs> i don't know what it made me think <laughs> 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 um i have a couple facts to close us with does anyone have any other thoughts about crybaby um i thought i you know i didn't really know it was a true crime it was based off a true crime so learning that aspect of it and it was was really cool for me so i just thought it was thanks for sharing that fact with us yeah absolutely okay so um some fun facts the movie was filmed at franklin middle school in maryland and the maryland house of correction so those are both actual places in maryland in the movie um, Iggy Pop shaved his hair for the movie, and John Waters still has it in a scrapbook. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> of course he does. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Tom Cruise, Robert Down Downing Jr., and Jim Carrey were all considered for the part of Crybaby. Oh, my gosh. Could you really? imagine Jim Carrey as Crybaby? Like Tom Cruise's Crybaby? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, 1990, when was Eyes Wide Shut? Like, is that right around he, his... Way after. Way after? Yeah. Okay. Like, that was, like, early 2000s, I think. Did, did, they, did they deny the role and they gave it to Depp, or do you know? I don't know. All I know is they were all considered... I think Robert Downing at that time actually would have been a good fit. Because he was he in his yeah, he days. Yeah. Yeah. He was, um, yeah, he was just coming off of, uh, what did he come off of? Zero. Yeah, so, yeah, zero. That's right. So that's right. Yep. Eyes Wide um, Shut was 1999, just to give you a Oh, shit. Reference. Okay, yeah, that was way later. Um, and then Drew Barrymore was also considered for Allison. So now I'm imagining, like, Jim Carrey and Drew Barrymore. And that... <laughs> it, it totally changes the movie. That is a weird movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's showtime. So <laughs> um, yeah, that that's crybaby, y'all. Uh, oh, thanks, sister. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Mark, for joining us. No, that was that was fun. It was a, it was a good rewatch after, you know, that movie came out when I graduated high school. So uh, it was a good rewatch for for uh, that time period because a lot of those movies. It's kind of, it's like 16 Candles, just John Waters' version. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Brings you back to the time. Exactly. Exactly. What was the word on the street when that movie released? Like, what did you hear about it from your friends or anything like that? So it's just like any other John Waters movie. It it, it gets panned in the um, by the the critics, and they're cult classics. So mm-hmm. the mainstream, you know, the I, I played sports, so we weren't watching. You know, no one's going to see Crybaby at the the Glen. <laughs> In, in Glen Allen, where that they were seeing Sixteen Candles as opposed to that, so um, yeah, his movies weren't really like commercially popular, mm-hmm. but they, they become called classics, and they become very important parts of our our historical record from a movie perspective. Kind of mm-hmm. like right. uh, early Tarantino type deal, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it kind of, it kind of launched Depp's career in, in movies coming off of uh, uh, 21 Jump Street. Yeah. Oh my God. Before we go, you just listened to, or you just watched the Amber Heard Johnny Depp documentary. Yeah. Johnny Depp's got a little true crime. (laughs) Yeah. He fits right in. You could see where he, he got you know the this part because he's just as weird in in real life than he is in the movie. So, it's, you know, so I don't think he's doing much acting there. I watched <laughs> I watched a part of the trial, the U.S. trial, and my favorite part was um, they he had like a little box, and they claimed that he kept cocaine in it. And he laughed at the judge and was like, who would keep a cocaine in a box? It would all fall out of it. Duh. <laughs> There's a lot of good one-liners. <laughs> he was very open in the trial. He was very, very open about his drug use. So, you know, I think he won a lot of points there. Yeah. Right. You know, you know, and yeah. I think, you know, I never used the word grumpy before. So now that that, that was the... The new term I never heard of before. I've grumpy. always heard, you know, a dookie, not a, not a grumpy. Oh, <laughs> oh I forgot <laughs> about that. <laughs> so, I never heard of that. So, oh, my that's dad good. says that. <laughs> my dad yeah, says grumpy. Uh... And I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's quite a few things that your dad hasn't said. So. Yeah, I was going to say, he has a lot of names for taking a dookie. <laughs> now, is a grumpy dookie worse than a grumpy? <laughs> I would imagine, yeah. I would think so. Do they call it a grumpy because your face frowns a little bit? I mean, <laughs> is that why they call it a grumpy? I don't know where, where that name came from. <laughs> it's probably an inside joke Depp has with like some other elite mf'er <laughs> oh that's fun but his music's horrible so if he did any of the music in uh, crybaby it, 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 didn't he uh play guitar like like stand in for red hot chili peppers or some something yeah, like that. Let's play with them and mm-hmm. he's got his own band and 
I think oh. I think he's focused on that more than he is acting at this point. Yeah, he does like it's like a pirate band or something like that. Or yeah. something. Is it really? Yeah. Really weird. Yeah. <laughs> really weird. Because really he wasn't weird. at the he wasn't at the sentence or he wasn't at the uh the verdict for the trial. He was in Britain uh playing a gig. So when they read the when they read the verdict that he was not guilty or that she defamed him, uh he wasn't even there. Oh my god. <laughs> Already celebrating. <laughs> exactly. He's like, but I bought more, the they, new house. He's fine. <laughs> the, docu, the, the docuseries is more about the rise of podcasts mm. and how much influence they have. And when you brought up earlier today, Christy, that you're recording commercials, they a lot of these podcasters weren't making any money until they started releasing content about the trial. Oh, really? And then they were able to monetize their their channels. So by getting on the set. bandwagon. Exactly. Leave this section in and tag heard and you know <laughs> and grumpy grumpies and all that stuff. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> We need to find some I love you already, Mark. <laughs> this whole section is gonna be at the beginning of every podcast, but on like <laughs> on like silent. Well, welcome <laughs> to head trauma, the show where we talk about grumpies 24 <laughs> <laughs> So we just need to follow a serial killer trial. So yeah. They connect yeah. with grumpies. You, you can be the you can yes. be the woman on the streets, Brianna. You can go, you can go to be the court the courthouse hey. reporter. Yeah. <laughs> When I'll a serial killer gets caught, I'm sure that they grumpy their pants. Like <laughs> <laughs> some yeah, serious grumpies going on. <laughs> yeah. Didn't they just catch the Long Island serial killer? Oh, out in New York, they just caught him and oh, they just caught, yeah. And they caught yeah. that uh the Delphi murder suspect. Yeah. The um, yeah, the um genealogy stuff is just like mm -hmm. it's crazy. This Carolyn, the one that we'll, we talked about last week in Podcast World, um, is they think, or if they have any uh, like DNA still on file, they might even be able to solve this one. And this is one of Marilyn's like oldest cold cases. Yep. And Crazy. it's an interesting case, you know, how she, you know, talked about, you know, her, someone in the school that, about sex and all that type of stuff, and then all of a sudden she comes out dead. It's and, and you weren't you weren't able to find the the, the, the killer yet. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, Mark, we're gonna reach out to you for more tips on how to build our audience. Um, but <laughs> for today, grumpy. hashtag grumpy. Hashtag, hashtag, exactly. Hashtag Johnny Depp. <laughs> Hashtag Amber, Amber Turd. I mean, heard. <laughs> um, so this is in Head Trauma. Follow us on Head Trauma Pod on Instagram, Apple Music, uh, Amazon Music, Spotify. Uh, join our Patreon. We now have 30 plus episodes, including the Ed Gein episode that Mark... I'm so sorry you had to listen to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. 
<laughs> and then um, for $5 a month, it helps us pay for doing all our software, editing, whatever stuff. Um, and that's it. Mark, thank you for coming. And being yes. here. Thank you so much. Thank you so I'm much. I'm so happy. I'm excited to hear the episode and the true crime episode. Yeah.